And now then, our lesson this morning is from the Old Testament. And if you have your Bible, I'm sorry that I couldn't get uh, this uh, printed in the uh, bulletin, but I, I want you to look at the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, the great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship which was going to Tarshish. He paid the fare, and he went down into the ship to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And the Lord hurled a great wind on the sea, and there was a great storm, so that the ship was about to break up. Then the sailors became afraid, and every man cried to his God, and they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it. But Jonah had gone below into the hole of the ship, and lain down and fallen sound asleep. So the captain approached him and said, How is it that you are sleeping? Get up and call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. And each man said to his mate, Come and let us cast lots so that we may learn on whose account this calamity has struck us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Then they said to him, Tell us now, on whose account has this calamity struck us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? And he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became extremely frightened, and they said to him, How could you do this? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. So they said to him, what should we do to you that the sea may become calm for us? For the sea was becoming increasingly stormy. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, for the sea will become calm for you. For I know that on account of me this great storm has come upon you. However, the men rowed desperately to return to land, but they could not, for the sea was becoming even stormier against them. Then they called on the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us, for thou, O Lord, hast done as thou hast pleased. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea, and the sea stopped its raging. Then the men feared the Lord greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. And the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Amen. May God bless to our understanding this part of his word. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are grateful for that which you have entrusted to our use. And we are thankful that we may bring back the gifts which we bring this day, asking you to supervise their use for your glory. We are thankful for the measure of health and strength that we enjoy. 
We are grateful for the privilege and the opportunity of worship here. We bless you for an open Bible from which we may learn, and we pray that thou wilt accept with these gifts our praise, and that by the Holy Spirit you will guide our lives to the purpose and the goal that they may honor you more faithfully. Make the words of my mouth and the words and, and all of our thoughts acceptable in thy heart, in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. This morning I have a rather formidable task. I wanted to skip through, and I mean that, the book of Jonah right quickly. It covers only two pages in the Bible, but it is a marvelous passage of Scripture. And it is one that brings great hope to us. And one I can always identify with Jonah very much. Because I have a tendency to be stubborn and self-satisfied. And uh, because I sometimes want to save the Lord from making a mistake. And that was the great pitfall that Jonah has here. Let me begin by just taking uh, chapter 1 and uh, uh, making some observations on it. Then taking you uh, to an observation on chapter 2 and uh, uh, 3 and then 4. These are brief chapters. It's a very straightforward story. Of course, we're always distracted by uh, whether or not this miracle actually happened by some people. Uh, it's not a problem for me because Jesus Christ looked upon it as a historical fact and whatever Jesus says is good enough for me and I'm willing to accept it. John Stott, who um, is one of the great New Testament scholars of our time and also a great theologian, says this, if he is my Lord, that is Jesus, I have got to be intellectually converted to him. And to be intellectually converted to Christ means to submit to his teaching. I am under the instruction and authority of Christ, under instruction because he is my teacher, and under authority because he is my Lord. I have no liberty to disagree with Jesus and no liberty to disobey him. It's very simple and fundamental and obvious. And yet the church has lost hold of these simplicities today. Now, it may be that there are some who have difficulties, but here is the answer to those difficulties, submitting to the instruction and the lordship of Christ. And Jesus refers to Jonah in the 12th chapter of Matthew. You can read it in verse 38, uh, where he speaks of his own resurrection and uh, of the sign of Jonah. Now, chapter 1 uh, gives us a picture of a prophet running away from God. And uh, a prophet is supposed to stand in the presence of God. I'm sorry we don't have pew Bibles, or if you have your Bible, you might want to look at it. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. And the word of the Lord is the will of God. God will not lead you contrary to his expressed will, which is in his word. And God gave him a, an explicit command. Arise and go to Nineveh that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. Um, now, when Jonah has received this direct command from the Lord, and then he deliberately disobeys it, he is going to be faced with trouble. Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Uh, Tarshish would have been probably 
uh, what is now Spain and as far away from Nineveh as he could go. But let me say this in Jonah's defense a little bit at this point. Uh, last, uh, yesterday, I spent a good bit of time looking up some things about the Assyrians. And I thought for a moment that I would come in and give you a little catalog of the barbarities and cruelties which they perpetrated against people that they uh, subjected. They were more hideous and barbarous than even Adolf Hitler did. They seemed to delight in the most horrible and refined cruelties and kept them going as long as they could. And if Jonah had a great distaste uh, and hatred for Nineveh, it is understandable. And uh, when he receives a command to go and preach to them a word of salvation, uh, he does not want them to be saved uh, because he knows how horrible they are. And so the message that God is going to bring to us is a message that will teach us the enormous love of God even for the most hopelessly uh, sinful people. And it will also teach us that we have to obey God. That's why I submit to what John Stott was saying a moment ago. What Jesus Christ regards as true, I am willing to regard as true. I will not correct or change. I have no authority to do that. I am under his authority. And so Jonah is under the authority of God. And yet he does not obey God. He flees from the presence of the Lord. One old Irish commentator that I was reading yesterday said something that I especially wanted to give you today so that you could keep it in mind. If you have something that's really worth writing down. There is no conscience, says this commentator, so insensible as that of a disobedient Christian. Now that's pretty good. He says, stay away from a believer who is out of the will of God. And that's also good, and you'll see why. Uh, Jonah is told uh, by God to go to Nineveh and uh, to cry against it, for their wickedness has come up to me. And so instead he goes to find a ship at uh, Joppa, which was the port and still is today. And uh, there he would uh, uh, try to get away from God. If you are a... Uh, person who enjoys reading good literature, if you read uh, Herman Melville's uh, marvelous tale, Moby Dick, there is a tremendous sermon in Moby Dick by a father Maples who preaches from the prow of a, sh of a ship that was a whaling vessel. And in it, uh, I remember reading this sermon years and years ago. Uh, he says that when Jonah comes to seek passage and calls out to the various mariners looking at all the ships with their different sails down at the wharves and the docks, he asks this ship where it's going, it's going to Crete, this one where he's going, he's going to Cyprus, this one where he's going, he's going to Egypt. And then he comes and he finally finds one going to Tarshish. And that's it. That's as far away as he can get and that's the one he wants to go on. But Father Maples shrewd old sea captain uh, uh, is now a preacher and he says that the the master of that ship looks at Jonah and he can tell that he's slinking and that there's something wrong about this particular man so he doubles the fare in his mind and then triples it and Jonah immediately agrees to the fare 
And uh, that's one of the tests that you can make. When a person is desperate, he does things like that. He pays three times what he would have paid for to get on the ship. And he wants to go from the presence of the Lord, but you can't run away from God. The Lord hurls a great wind out at sea. Notice that he prepares a special fish. And if the fish is going to be prepared for his task, uh, that's not any more problem than the sea being prepared to do its thing at God's command. And so the Lord hurls a great wind on the sea, and there is a storm at sea, so that the ship is about to break up. If you've ever been on a ship in a storm at sea, you will know something about how earnestly you can learn to pray. Uh, I can remember going with one of our little boys down to, uh, not little boys anymore, but I was going down to Colombia in South America. And when I got on a banana boat, the skipper of the, uh, the owner of the ship told me, he said, you better uh, watch out, they're going to think you're a narcotics agent. Uh, because we were going to Colombia and cocaine was a problem even back then. The crew all thought that I was a narcotic agent, and the narcotic agents all thought I was smuggling cocaine. Uh, but we were going down to South America, and we got into a big storm. It seemed like a big storm to me. It did not upset uh, some of the other people, but I remember Frank being thrown completely out of the bed onto the floor. And uh, uh, the ship would dip down, and the waves would come over it. And I thought about Jonah at that time. You can have some tremendously uh, fearful thoughts when you go through that. The sailors became afraid, and when they get afraid, everyone better be afraid. And they threw the cargo which was in the ship into the sea to lighten it. But Jonah had gone down below into the hole of the ship and had fallen sound asleep. This is a, a, an illustration of how people can make a bad, wrong decision and still sleep. There are people who come and tell me that they're going to leave their wife and take up with someone else and that they have perfect peace in their heart about it. Baloney. Uh, you better watch any perfect peace that you get in your heart about going contrary to the will of God. Jonah had perfect peace in his heart about disobeying God and went sound asleep and nearly got everybody on the ship killed. Stay away from a person like that. They'll get you in trouble. And so the captain approached him and said, How is it that you are sleeping? I love the King James at this point. Awake thou that sleepest. Uh, get up and call on your God. Perhaps your God will be concerned about us so that we will not perish. You see these ancient mariners, none of them believed anything happened by accident. And they believed that God was having his way in the, whirl, in the whirlwind or the storm. And each man said to his mate, Come and let us cast lots, so that we may learn on his account uh, this calamity has struck us, and they cast lots. That's like rolling dice. And the lot fell on Jonah. God, it's interesting in this uh, wonderful story of Jonah, how everything in this book obeys God except Jonah. And he ultimately will. You're going to see that the storm obeys God. The fish is going to obey God. When God tells the fish, go swallow Jonah, the fish doesn't say, I don't like men. Uh, I don't want to eat Jonah. Uh, it, later on, when a gourd comes up, the gourd will obey God. 
The wind from the desert will obey God. Even the worm will come and obey God. The Ninevites obey God. They repent, but not Jonah. So there's a big lesson. Everyone I always like to point out is so concerned about what's going on inside the fish that they don't realize what's going on inside Jonah. But he's disobeying God. So the lot falls on Jonah and they said, tell us. Here they want a testimony. They tell us, why? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what are your people? Those are good questions. And he said to them, I am a Hebrew. I fear the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men became exceedingly frightened. But they knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord. A prophet, remember, is supposed to stand in the presence of the Lord to get his instructions. This man is fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he does not want to obey his will. And so that's why everyone is going to get in trouble. So they said to him, what should we do to you uh, that the sea may be calm for us because it had become stormier? And then Jonah says uh, to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then there will be calm. And then he makes a confession, for I know that it is on my account that this great storm has come upon you. But now look how... Even these pagan sailors have a wonderful quality of mercy about them. However, the men rode desperately to return to land, but they could not. They wanted to save Jonah more than Jonah wanted to save himself. They wanted to save Jonah more than Jonah was willing to save Nineveh. For the sea was becoming even stormier against them. And then they make a prayer to God. They must have been converted or something close to it. They called out to the Lord and said, We earnestly pray, O Lord, do not let us perish on account of this man's life, and do not put innocent blood on us, for thou, O Lord, hast done as thou hast pleased. And then they picked Jonah up and cast him into the sea, and a great the storm stopped its raging, and then it says the men feared the Lord greatly. And they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows. Now here we come to this, and the, and the Lord appointed a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights. Now in chapter 1, you have Jonah running away from God. And you saw some lessons I tried to show you from that. In chapter 2, uh, you see uh, Jonah running to God. And this is like a great many of us are. If you ever have to go through a terrible operation, or you get the word that someone you greatly love is suddenly stricken with cancer, or all the world falls in on your head at one time, and you have to pray because calamity has come upon you, believe you me, it's astounding how many scriptures will come to your mind. In Jonah, in chapter 2, it's almost, uh, it's, it's like a chain of Scripture. Scripture after Scripture after Scripture is cited by Jonah in chapter 2. And where is Jonah in chapter 2? He is inside that sea monster or that appointed fish. Inside there. And look at the description. 
Jonah says, I called out of my distress to the Lord, and he answered me, and I cried for help from the depth of Sheol. Thou didst hear my voice, for thou hadst cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, the currents engulfed me, all thy breakers and billows passed over me. So I said, I have been expelled from thy sight. Nevertheless, I will look toward thy temple. Water encompassed me to the very soul. The great deep engulfed me. Weeds were wrapped about my head. I descended to the roots of the mountains. The earth with its bars was about me forever. But thou, O Lord, hast brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. You see, in all of the horrors of that wretched experience, and it must have been a horrible experience, I have some notes with uh, accounts of people who have been swallowed uh, by waves and have survived it for a while and then later died. And uh, the, the horrors of the description would be like a person being lost. And that's what Jonah felt in that horrible experience that he goes through there. And he says that he will pay his vows for salvation is from the Lord. After he had made this great plea for forgiveness from God, reminding God of merciful statements which scripture has made, then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah up onto the dry land. Jonah is now delivered from this now the word of the Lord comes to Jonah in chapter 3. Remember chapter 2 is his claiming of scriptures and his request for forgiveness. And God can do great things with a truly repentant soul. And believe you me, after going through that experience, he was repentant. And then in chapter 3, the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time. The first time the word of the Lord came to him, he didn't obey. Now then, after being thoroughly chastened, he receives another command from God, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the proclamation which I am going to tell you. Now what does he do? Jonah arose and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. And then he goes on to describe the enormous city of Nineveh a city of great antiquity, a city that was enormous in size, that would take him three days' walk to go through. And in this huge city, he preaches a sermon of just eight words, yet forty days and Nineveh will be overthrown. And when Jesus refers to this, he says the people of Nineveh repented in Jonah's day. And then referring to himself, Jesus says, and a greater than Jonah is here. Jonah was the greatest evangelist who ever lived. In the Old Testament time, certainly, there were almost a million people that lived in the city of Nineveh. And look at these words. Then the people of Nineveh believed in God, and they called a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. And when the word reached the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid aside his robes, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, and issued a proclamation. In Nineveh, by a decree of the king and his nobles, do not let any man, beast, or herd, or flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink anything. 
But let them call on God earnestly that each may turn from his wicked ways and from the violence which is in his hands. Now remember, the horrible crime of the Assyrians was one of great violence. And the king becomes convicted of this and there is a repentance that takes the entire city. Who knows, God may turn and relent and withdraw his burning anger so that we will not perish. When God saw their deeds, that they turned from their wicked ways, God relented concerning the calamity which he had declared he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. See what a tremendous preacher Jonah is? From the king to the beggar, people repent. And this is a tremendous scene. Great good is accomplished. But look at uh, this is running with God. You see, he ran away from God. He got into trouble. He runs to God when he is in trouble, and God delivers him. He runs with God in obeying God, and God sees a whole huge city turn to him. And you would have thought that Jonah would have been happy but he is not happy. He's not happy about this because he is still stubborn. He is stubborn and look at what happens. But it greatly displeased Jonah and he became angry. My, when people, all of us, I'm subject to anger and when you get angry you can do some terrible things. And then later you, you want to say, I never said anything like that. But you did. I never did anything like that, but you did. And you did it when you were angry. But it greatly displeased Jonah and he became, became angry. He got angry at God. And he prayed to the Lord and said, Please, Lord, was not this what I told you? He said, Lord, didn't I tell you this? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I went to Tarshish. For I knew that thou art a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness. Well, if he hadn't been, we wouldn't be reading this book because he would never have put up with Jonah. But he was kind and he was patient. Therefore now, O Lord, please take away my life, for death is better to me than life. He was so mad he wanted to die. That was how angry he was. And the Lord says to him, and I love the King James again at this point, it says, doest thou well to be angry. That's one of those verses you can sometimes send to someone on a little card when they get mad at you. Write them a note, cite the citation from Jonah and let them look it up. It'll say, doest thou well to be angry. Well, Jonah is so angry. He went out from the city and he sat east of it, and he made a shelter, and he sat under the shade until he could see what would happen to the city. He thought, well, maybe God will think about how horrible, cruel these people are and come back and destroy it like an atom bomb would hit it. So the Lord appointed a plant, and the little plant grew up, and then it had big leaves. And Jonah received some relief from the hot sun because of the shade of the, of the plant that had come up and Jonah was extremely happy about the plant. 
And then God appointed a worm. And the worm came and ate into the plant, and the plant died. And it came about when the sun came up that God appointed a scorching east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head. And he becomes more angry than before. And he says, death is better than life. And then God said to Jonah, do you have good reason to be angry about the plant? He said, do you have good reason to be angry about that plant? And he said, I have good reason to be angry, even to death. And then the Lord said, you had compassion on the plant for which you did not work and which you did not cause to grow, and which came up overnight and perished overnight. Should not I have had compassion on Nineveh, the great city, in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and left hand? That would be 120,000 children. And as well as many animals. This is one of those passages in which we are taught to respect the life of animal life. You see, Jonah runs from God in chapter 1. He runs to God when he is chastened. He runs with God and great things happen. And then he tries to run ahead and still outsmart God. And he sulks. He cares more about plants than people. But you know, one of the great things about this passage of Scripture, it shows that God can use even a stubborn person like Jonah. Stop and think about the second chances that are given. Abraham lied, but God gave him a second chance. Jacob was a deceiver and a schemer, but God gave him a second chance. David did a horrible act of immorality and murder, but God gave him a second chance. In the New Testament, Peter three times denied his Lord with oaths and curses, and the Lord gave him a second chance. John Mark went on a missionary journey with Paul and, and, uh, and Silas and Paul and Barnabas, and he went back, but God gave him a second chance. And so, the horrible sins of Nineveh did not exclude that city from experiencing the grace of God. And the horrible sin of Jonah did not rule him out either. And so that brings to me a message. That if a person, and there are some of you here today, have sinned against God, that there is hope and that God will forgive you and you are not disqualified from further service for God. That the God who shows this grace and this love and this goodness will forgive you, and he will bring to your heart peace, and he will use you to his glory. God is wonderfully good to us to give us a second chance.